This is Stokely Hathaway, and you are listening to The A Show on RNC Radio with Justin and Mills. I've been looking for the dream team of podcasting, and guess what? I found them. It's The A Show. Because outside of me, you're considered the best. But when I walk in to WrestleMania as the WWE Champion and defeat you, And that proves that I am better than the best, that AJ Styles is phenomenal, that this is the house that AJ Styles built. That is why I will beat you at WrestleMania. Because you are too emotional. What is going on, everybody? Yo. Welcome to the A Show with Justin and Mills. Uh, what's going on, Mills? How you, how you doing? Um, I just put keys down. If anyone heard that in the background, um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing smooth. I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm better than uh, I, I feel better than most. I've been on this like five-day binge of just working out just like day after day after day after day after day because i'm like someone who gains weight very easily and i've been trying to lose weight for like the past two years wow Uh, you don't need that at all i'm gonna tell you this fuck health okay oh oh, come on you say that as a guy who literally cannot gain or lose weight (laughs) no i'm gaining weight i'm fat now bro what what do you mean what happened I i have a gut man what that's yeah, weird. that's weird. All right, that's I weird. Have a, I have a gut, man. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nah. It's the most the most humbling experience is like literally I've had to like sit down and like unbutton my pants when I'm sitting down. <laughs> that's because so, the shit's tight. <laughs> <laughs> that too, but I like them that way. <laughs> but the most humbling experience is having to do that. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I, there's a way around it and I need to get on my shit and stop, you know, eating so much, eating so crazy. So, you know, that's what I've been on for the past five days. Um, my joints are, are very old. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You're not even 30. I turned 31 in two weeks. Wow. That is true. Listen, man. Yeah. Let's sneak up on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were, you were no more older than me. I looked down the other day and I saw a gut and I was like, holy shit. And I immediately blamed my girlfriend. I blamed everyone for allowing this to happen. And I continued to eat like shit. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. I remember, and this may be a telling quote, 
that Robbie said that you ate like a kid. And that might be like you ate like a 12 year old. And that's a complete and utter fucking lie because when he, when Robbie came to California, Robbie only ate at this place called Rod's Diner. And then all they had is absolute garbage food there, like baked cheeseburgers and chili cheeseburgers. Robbie had every single bad meal from there. And, I, and anyone who listens to this and knows Robbie, I want you to add them and tell and ask him how Rod's Diner. In Redondo Beach, California, <laughs> I can tell you how it was. I don't eat like a kid. I didn't touch that shit when he was here. So let's just be clear about that. All right. But what I was on for the past five days, I'm actually catching up and rewatching a lot of anime. I think that the Lookout podcast, which is now on RNC Radio and SoundCloud and iTunes, um, that has got me back into watching anime really, really big. Um, and I think that. Like looking at like the New Japan show and then looking at anime, like the, the main event from that show, which we'll talk about in, in a second, is like mm-hmm. it's so anime. It's a you know what? I haven't had the urge to revisit a lot of anime. I don't I don't watch much anime. Dragon Ball is like all that I know. I'm I could be a doctor, I could get a doctorate in Dragon Ball probably at this point. Um <laughs> So I do need to get into other things. And I did see that you referenced Trigon and I was just like, hmm, maybe. I've never seen it. So, you know, besides this and Sailor Moon and whatever else was on Toonami, I've never really seen anime. <laughs> you should. But I'm rewatching Trigun. OK. And I think I really want to I really want to talk about Trigun. Like, I think if, the, you know, the look, you know, Dragon Ball Super is over and the lookout's kind of on, on a small hi- hiatus, a short hiatus, so to speak. It's a short. You should talk about it should talk about other animes, and if you talk about Trigun, if you watch it, I will fucking I'll be the first motherfucker on that on that podcast. I will do a whole Trigun podcast. Listen, it's a great fucking. Listen, I'm sure we'll talk about other anime if I ever get around to watching it. Well, I, I'll I'll have time to watch it in a couple of weeks, but if I ever get around to watching it, I'm sure that I will get there. Um, <laughs> maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> but before. <laughs> before we uh and, and again you can definitely listen to all of the episodes of the lookout on uh, rnc radio and on soundcloud one of the one of our most well, well received uh new shows that, that we've done and uh, thanks to everyone who who tuned into the episode last week where we talked about the tournament of power which is a huge episode and um i was able to, to talk about my my falling out and my the ignition of my dragon ball flame so to speak so check that out on rnc radio but before we start no holds barred in this episode of the a show i want to give a big shout out big shout out to stokely hathaway um who gave us a a really cool drop um you know he's a really great guy he's going to be all over new orleans uh, on wrestlemania weekend follow him at stokely hathaway to see all of the crazy shit he tweets about and and more importantly see where he's going to be at new orleans for mania weekend Hey, man, we're part of the dream team now, so we got to start promoting these things. 100%, man. You know what? I wish I was having a cool WrestleMania party like you was, but yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, man. I'm, but once I get my own you know, situation figured out, I'm definitely going to throw those yearlies. You know, like yearly. Like I need it. I need it once in my life. I want to do it. I want to. I want to have one for my birthday this year. I think I might just have a little WrestleMania get together, and I'll invite Josh Pease over, and we'll we'll. I'll, I'll tell him not to ask questions and just watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be like, "See, nah, this is that bullshit I've been talking about." Especially and, and when the day comes out. 
the show is so long and I don't even know if I want to tell him that the show is long because he'll be like, how long is this? <laughs> nah, don't tell him. He, he ain't going to come at the beginning if you tell him how long it is. You just got to tell him, like, you just got to tell him, yo, come through, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's going to happen. He's like, yo, it's not even. And at some point by like 1130, you're going to, well, sorry, 830. Gosh, your time. Gosh, fucking yeah. Pacific yeah. time. Um, Shout out to the Pacific time. Y'all, WrestleMania starts at like one o'clock for you guys. Amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. But yeah, shout out to uh, Stokely Hathaway. But let's get into No Holds Bar, which is going to be a little bit shorter than usual this week uh, because everything is kind of congealing together for WrestleMania weekend next week. Um, but the first, the biggest news, there, I mean, there's two big news stories. One is a, lo- a lot more serious than the, than the other. But the first one is uh, Shane McMahon, who uh, was. According to WWE, let's just get the kayfabe thing out the way. Yes. He was vacationing in the Caribbean after his attack from Sami Zayn and Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? No, oh, that's funny as shit to me. <laughs> They're selling his injury. By the way, he was out with his family, even though he's like medically not cleared and he just had his spine jammed and all types of contusions that he was suffering. Oh, he was also vacationing with his family. You know what? Whatever. Live your life. Yeah, they they know we know it's not real. Come on. (laughs) So uh, he was in the Caribbean, and this is the real life part. He was apparently got a a really bad infection, and they discovered that he had come down with an acute form of diverticulitis. And if you remember what that is, that was a a, uh, it's kind of like a stomach issue, and it's the same thing that Brock Lesnar had during his days in the the UFC, and it caused him to lose like a hell of a lot of weight because of of how serious that it was, and Mm -hmm. you know. to change the way he ate and stuff like that. And they uh, basically diagnosed Shane with that uh, disease over the weekend. He was discharged, according to SmackDown. Uh, He was discharged uh, Monday, uh, I want to say late Monday or or early Monday morning. And he is back in New York now. But again, this is a very, this has been a very interesting thing on SmackDown with their, you know, their main matches. And and we'll speak about that in a second when we get to that, that show where it's like, this this match with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn has a lot of different things. It could have been them in the Andre Battle Royal. It could have been a tag match. It could have been a three-way. And now it is what it is. And, I mean, one thing. Like, imagine if Daniel Bryan wasn't clear. Yeah, imagine. Like, what would have happened? And maybe they would have had a force cleared. Or maybe he would have, they would have been put into Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Who knows what would have happened? Maybe they would have shifted gears and decided to do, you know, the solo thing that they were pretty much hinting towards the entire month. I think that was really the eject button plan. Yeah. That, like maybe we just hint at some dissension among the ranks and then you just like slide into a WrestleMania match. I think that was maybe, you know, they were kind of playing off of that. But, you know, once Daniel got cleared, once Shane, you know, was fine two weeks ago to do the match, I think they did yeah. that. But man, the diver I don't know. It just sounds bad, man. It just sounds terrible. And then he got, um, because of the attack, he also got an umbilical hernia, which is like. Yeah. <laughs> that was the kayfabe part. Oh, really? That was the kayfabe part, bro. That, that was the kayfabe part. That sounds like some old the guy shit. The diverticulitis is definitely the shoot part. Uh, and, and here's my thing about this. And obviously, you already, you know, by the time you've listened to the show, you already know that the, the match has been set. It's going to be Daniel Bryan and Shane versus Owens and Zayn. And, you know, even in Bryan's promo on SmackDown, he seemed unsure as to whether Shane would be ready. 
and mm-hmm. they they kind of left hanging there because they don't really bring it up again on the show. But on, the, on this if, episode of SmackDown, yeah, on this episode of SmackDown, I think they announced a tag match though. They they did announce a tag, but he, I'm saying he he seemed unsure oh. as to whether Shane would be ready to go. Right, right, and right. I feel, and you know, he re- it, it, the biggest sticking point of the WWE's report of this is that he requires surgery for this. So if it's two weeks out, why the fuck is he even wrestling at WrestleMania at all? Like, I, don't, I don't understand what his role will be in that match if he has surgery coming up. There's no, there's no reason for him to be there. Listen, you know what Shane McMahon brings, and that is the man stands on top of something very, very high and then no. jumps off of it. So take his, you know, acute diverticulitis, his umbilical hernia, and, you know, put it right on the table next to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and he is jumping off and landing on it. That's what he's going to do. He's going to ruin his life for us, as he tends to do on a yearly basis. Scared. That, that itself is uh, it's frightening to even think about what he would jump off of in a regular-ass tag match. Because that is a <laughs> regular-ass match. Listen, <laughs> there, it's the most high-profile tag match on the card. I'll at least skip. Well, actually, maybe no, it, it might not I, be. It's, the, it's a high-profile match because of who's in it. But yes. as far as the tag program, the, the bigger match to me is, is, is what we'll, we'll get into when we get to SmackDown. But I'm hoping that we get a, little, a lot more clarity as to what is really going to happen to Shaming Man. As we near WrestleMania, we are... It's it's getting it's do or die time. I mean, they literally just announced two matches on, on SmackDown this week, and you know this is this is a loaded card. I, I don't think anyone would, would miss Shane if he if he didn't get on the card, and they ended up being like a one on one match. But mm-hmm. just just the way that it, it's being announced is very interesting. It seems very snake bit. I'm trying to see with like fourteen matches, is WrestleMania worth the price of admission? Hell literally, yeah! Literally a million dollars to go to WrestleMania at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the, the second uh, point of news, and this was this was the least serious injury report. Very, and, and WWE kind of scared us about this shit because it was like literally no one had said anything about it at all that, that the day of or the day before. Charlotte Flair was pulled from all the shows uh, that's mixed match challenge and SmackDown this week with a with an undisclosed injury at the time that I think they had announced and, and reported on and, and showed off the mixed match challenge promos before they said anything about her injury. Mm-hmm. But it was it was reported in the Wrestling Observer that she had uh, a she had surgery in, in her in her mouth on her teeth the week before, and just as a precautionary measure, they chose to, to pull her from the shows and replace her on Mixed Match Challenge. And of course, Becky Lynch re- uh, replaced her and joined Bobby Roode in that uh, semifinals match between uh, Finn Balor and Sasha Banks. What, what did you think about the way that they announced this? What did what happened? Did she get her tonsils removed? Like what happened? Like that's what I'm wondering. Um, well, she, uh, she she posted a picture of herself and Rick at the dentist last week, and it was a really innocuous and, and, and harmless photo. And no you one can really tell saw. you can tell that WWE is always be like, "Yo, just stay on your social game all the time," because now they're taking pictures. Why is what is Ric Flair doing escorting his thirty something year old daughter to the dentist? Yeah, <laughs> it's this is wild, but. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of how they announced it, I thought it was very, like, kind of rushed. It kind of, it all just kind of happened. Uh, and it kind of made it seem like, I mean, from me, from my vantage point, it made it seem like they didn't really want Asuka and Charlotte to touch going into WrestleMania. But and apparently, I thought that too. I thought that too. But apparently they're going to just have the match next week on, you know, on, on, on the Mixed Match Challenge Facebook. And... 
I unless they do something really weird and, and dynamic and creative with that booking, they're either going to have a face off and they're going to have been physical already mm-hmm. or leading into this, or they're just not going to, they're just not going to touch during the match at all. Like, I, I feel like if that's the case, you'd want to have n- neither of them take the pinfall, obviously, but you, it's just weird. I, I, I had always thought, you know, and, and I think I predicted it on this show that, you know, Finn and Sasha would come back. Uh, Finn would pin Bobby or something like that. And then mm-hmm. you have an actual feud of Finn and Miz and Asuka, um, and Asuka and, and, and Sasha going at it in the finals. But no, no, wait, they're going against Little Big, aren't they? Yeah, no, they're going in, in terms no, of Little Big Loss. Little yeah. Big Loss. They're going against Miz and Asuka. Yeah, Miz and Asuka. So I, I thought it was like a natural thing there between the men, at least. But I, I, we'll see what they do with this. I, I think that the way that they booked the, the MMC has been really interesting, so to speak. And, and I always thought that the way that they would have had to book it with these, these top stars would be very kind of detrimental to the card. And really, like a couple months ago, Charlotte and Asuka and the MMC, we probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought much of it. But now there's a lot more stakes involved. So we'll, we'll see what happens next week. No doubt. I mean, you know, we got the finals match. I mean, I mean, I think we can just like clear out the MMC section of it all. The finals of, is next week. Miz yes. and Asuka versus Charlotte and Bobby Roode. And we'll see who takes home, you know, the winner. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be them damn dogs. So It's going to be the damn dogs. Yes. Here we are. Dogs. Uh, one one point that I, that I also want to bring up during No Holds Barred, the viral build to Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa at TakeOver New Orleans has been, I won't say it's phenomenal because it, it, it's it's not really pushed on a lot of the WWE's uh, social networks at all, other yeah. than NXT's networks. But I do think that it is very, very, very cool that they are showing how important it is and, and how, how much of a of a like a blood rivalry that this this is between these two men just since you know he came back a couple of months ago i think it's amazing that they're just in general catching up to 2018 and while i do still kind of hate those selfie promos um yeah those selfie promos that they've had is that's pretty much just become the standard on raw right now or and and smackdown at least um i do like that they're just kind of taking it just outside of the ring and i remember that I think the first instance where they really, really tried it was when they were trying to have that Dean Ambrose versus Mick Foley program um, a couple of years ago leading into WrestleMania. And then it kind of just backfired because I think one of them's a lunatic. It it might be Mick Foley. Um, (laughs) They they weren't going to go hard on that match at all. Yeah. But I think, I I think it was something that Dean Ambrose went too far or something along those lines, which is crazy because Mick Foley is Mick Foley. But, um, it's, it's, it's nice to see that's incorporated and it's nice to see that, listen, there's some outside build to it. They're not going to get much. You see, it, we see what happens on the tapings and you read the spoilers and you realize that there's, it's an hour show per week. There's not going to have that much time yeah. to get in a whole bunch of content. Do it when you can. Do it. It's, it's a great look for their own social media. It's a great look for WWE and it's a great look for just the program heading into NXT TakeOver New Orleans. And that's a stack card in itself. And the card is actually going to fill out on tonight's episode of NXT. And as always, uh, we'll, we'll let you guys in on, on our WrestleMania week plans at, uh, at the end of the show. But it's going to be a crazy, crazy weekend next weekend. Um, the, the next thing I want to talk about is New Japan's Strong Style Evolved uh, show that happened on Sunday on Access. Um, did you get a chance to watch all of the show, Meals? 
Hell no. Um, all right, so here's the thing. When the show was airing, when the show was airing, I was, of course, you know, I was on I was on playlist duty. I'm making sure all the playlists is popping and everything like that. So, you know, if, if you've seen all the amazing playlists from RNC Radio this week, just know that I've been working very, very hard on it. But I didn't get to watch it. And um, I've managed to catch the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks match because I think that was really the only thing that kind of grabbed anyone's attention. Mm-hmm. Um Besides, I would look on twi- Twitter, and apparently the show was very mid. That's what I've heard. That's what I've just heard from the tweet. I gotta, I gotta, we we, we do the feedback. I gotta just look at the tweets. It was very, very mid, according to everybody, um, until the final match. Yep, uh, I was not in love with this show uh, whatsoever. I think it was a two match show, and rightfully so. It was a show that was plagued with a hell of a lot of production errors from the camera side and the direction of how they actually um, showed off the wrestling in the, in this. What would you think is a tribute to that though? What'd you say? What would you think attributes to that? I I just think the access isn't, isn't a way I I think it was a different crew. And and I'll say that first and foremost, this was a different crew than new Japan's crew. I'm pretty sure this might've been, this might have been access themselves doing this because they footed the bill for a lot of press and, and marketing for the show mm-hmm. um, and, and the, during the past week or, or the week before. And, you know, New Japan's a very dynamic product. And when you're missing, you know, top rope moves and, and stuff that goes on outside and certain character specific things, it's just like, you know, the commentary that night. It just felt like no one knew what the fuck was, was going on. And, and it got a little bit better towards the end. But then even in the main event, you're blowing spots and you're blowing, you know, sections of, of a match that you really should be watching. And that table that, spot, I remember. Oh, the table spot was awful uh, during, during the main event. And, you know, that was that attributed to the show being very much not, you know, the, the best for me. The commentary. I don't know. I don't know that I would have ever said this in my life, but I don't ever want to hear Jim Ross call a match ever again. I agree. I agree 100%. At some point, he kept calling them the young lovers, and I was like, this is yeah. not good. This is I, <laughs> I thought that, I really thought that it was really bad. He and Josh Barnett, and, and this is more embarrassing because they've been calling the weekly New Japan shows on Access for years. Yeah. And they still don't know these guys. And I think that it, it's... It blows my mind. This was even well, allowed. All right. Well, I mean, I'll give it to Jim Ross. He is very, I mean, he is up there in age, man. The man has memorized. He has, he's forgotten most things that people would know in the wrestle, wrestling business. And he's just getting, he's getting up there with age. But I agree that he probably does not need to be calling these shows anymore, especially if he, you know, the, the, he can't remember the actual talent in the ring. But, or their yeah. moves. Or their or, moves. But that's yes, always been a JR thing. JR is called a, a, he's called a big boot, a sidewalk slam for years, my guy. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's I've, I've, we've watched the Attitude Era. Everyone, you know, loves Jim Ross and the Attitude Era. He's just pretty much a soundtrack of it all. But I, I specifically remember nights where I'm like, that's a rock bottom. That is not a sidewalk slam. What is going on here? Um, he was awful during the show. Just, just openly awful and. I think that attributed to it. And then I think the biggest thing is, and I, and I think it's probably a reason why you probably, even if you weren't a huge fan and I, and I know like, you know, you're, you're slowly getting into it. This wasn't a show that I would tell you to go watch. Mm-hmm. It, it was filled with tag matches. It had a marquee match between Will Ospreay and, and the corpse of Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, it, it, 
there were really weird commercial cuts. And, and one thing that Access said is that we're not going to cut to commercial in any of these matches. Cool. But at least let JR finish a sentence before you cut him abruptly to commercial. And then when you come back, he's already mid-sentence and something else. Like, it was just all disjointed. But I mean, yeah. in a lot of ways, in a lot of people's eyes, it made up for it with the, the Young Bucks uh, versus the Golden Lovers match, which I thought was a phenomenal match. And I thought it had a lot of maybe, maybe a little bit too much acting and story. But when it was good, it was really, really good. And they went crazy. I think the Young Bucks, they solidified to me and I've come around to them again. And I'll admit this now, like I love this new version of them where they're grounded. They're not all about the flippy shit that they used to be into. And, mm-hmm. they, and they, they tell a story in the ring. And I think that, you know, Kenny's story of him not wanting to hurt the Young Bucks and Cody being like, man, fuck that. You got to get this win. We got to get this dub. Like, that is a great story. And I think that this is, this is to me, it might be the peak of this story because I think that people care about, you know, the Young Bucks, it, you know, more if not, you know, equally as Cody. But I think that I was like the Daniel Ma of the match. And I, th- I thought as a tag match, it was phenomenal. So I watched this out of context from everything on the card and I didn't really, um, I, I, I could tell the story from the match and that, which was probably a, a plus in the right direction because if I can watch the match without context, without knowing any of the real backstory um, behind right. it and sort of understand the motivations and everything that's going on in this match, I think that's a plus. Um, to me, I thought the match was okay. I think the, the acting at times, there did a lot of definitely an overacting, especially when it came to the, the one-winged angel bit where he was just like, just, you know, just do it. And I was just like, what is going on here? You're trying to win yeah. a match, aren't you? I, in like, the moment, in the moment, that spot was really dope. But when oh, when I watched it like the second or third time, I was like, "Why wouldn't he just jump off?" Yeah, <laughs> but something along those it, lines. It, it, why would he uh, ver- Why would he verbally agree to get his head pile drive into the ground? But like I that. think it was it was more like it was it was more like uh, I think it was Matt's back. I think that was the story. Is that his back was hurt and he probably yeah. wasn't yeah. able to. I get, and, and I guess you, you you can you can work around that, but it was still a hokey spot. I agree. Yeah, but I, I thought it was all right. Um, it wasn't it, – it was a good match, but to me it wasn't like, oh, my God. Like, to me, that at least that's from my end of the view. Like, this is just from me watching it. Maybe I sound like a hater. I don't know. But um, that's just from my, you know, perspective that it was, a, it was an all right match. It was good. It was good. It was good for what I, it was. I think that um, – and, and I think there's all obviously some overreacting to this card. And mm-hmm. I think there's, there's some – there is some overreacting to that match. I really still think the DIY revival part two was, was excellent. I love the ladder match between the, 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 the ladder match between those teams too, with, with yeah. the AOP in DIY. Um, I thought those were superior matches just as far as storytelling. Cause it wasn't overacted. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And it had a, it had a great story to those matches and this isn't to put that match down. I gave it four and a half stars, but best tag match ever. Nah, I can't. I can't give it that best. Uh, best New Japan card of the year. Nah, I can't give it that either. It's not even better than Wrestle Kingdom, and I didn't even really like Wrestle Kingdom this year. Right. But um, I, I think there's a lot of people who are giving New Japan the benefit of the doubt for shit that if WWE did it, they would be killed. If uh-huh. ROH, if ROH did it, they would be killed, and they kill Impact for this every single week. And I'm not saying Impact's a great show or, or better than this. But these camera, these camera problems that they had, way worse than whatever people complain about with WWE. And I think there's like there's a malaise that people get when you watch this show every single week. And, and I get it. When you watch the show every week, you get used to it, and, and it's easier to nitpick certain things. But let's not for, let's not look over the positives of the production of the WWE because they go crazy. I agree. 
I 100% agree. So I, I don't know. I, I just think it was a, it was a weird contingent with between New Japan and, and they call them cultists <laughs> on the internet and, and people who kind of were seeing it clearly for what it was. Like it was an okay show. It mm-hmm. wasn't a bad show, but you know, that is what it is. And hopefully they'll improve next time when they come back to San Francisco for the G1 special uh, around, I believe it's, it's going to happen in August. So hopefully they'll have it all, it all squared away. But uh, yeah, big, big night for new Japan, but big week for the WWE. Let's get into raw. Listen, raw to me, both shows to me. I mean, good for them. Raw was, you know, rating higher than last week, this week. I think the viewership manager is managing to stay put, which I don't, I can't, I don't know what it's attributing to because I thought the entire show was kind of terrible. I think but, people are interested. I think people are very interested in this card. And, and I think that more than any other year, I'm excited for WrestleMania, not the night before, but the month before. Oh, yeah. Um, I think this is, I mean, I can't remember such a, maybe WrestleMania 30 where they just had such a solid build. And it was just like every sort of match, every match you want to see, every match there's something to see. Even the, you know, the, you see Braun Strowman versus Cesaro and Sheamus. That one has a little bit of intrigue to it. We have uh, we have the women's battle royal with the with the trophy that looks like a uterus. Um, <laughs> and and we got we got a, a nice little Sasha and Bailey segment, which maybe we'll talk about in a bit. But you know, it kicked off to me. It kicked off with Roman and Brock. And at the end of a segment, I was just like, I'm glad we got this out of the way, because if I waited three hours to see this, I probably would have been angry. Would have tapped out. Would have tapped out. Uh, and of course, this opened the show again with Brock Lesnar being in the ring. And I thought a better promo from Paul Heyman this week uh, than he had last week. Uh, but Roman, of course, of course, he's there. You know, Paul is like, he's not there. And of course, he's there. It's the old wrestling uh, bait switch. And he proceeds <laughs> to get ass whipped and it was, this was a violent beating not unlike it was last week but it wasn't an overly an overly violent beating where he was coming back and it became a cartoon if, if that makes yeah, yeah, sense yeah. i i thought that it was it was a nice beating he, he f5s him on the steps and you have this really great visual of him standing on the steps with the belt uh which made him look like a complete beast and i think going into this match this is the most sympathy you probably could ever get for roman during this this segment this week and i thought they, they pulled it off really well I thought it was okay, man. I thought you know what it's. I've seen this. Did you like? Did you like this or the? Did you like this or the 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 U.S. Marshals better? I don't like any of them, to be honest with you. To me, it just seems like to what what I want is an actual fight. I don't want someone blindsided. Who I want an actual fight. I want them to slug it out. I think they're at their best when they slug it out and may, and be you know go back over the history and probably one of the better parts of that WrestleMania 31 match and what made it such a a, a very intense main event was that they literally beat the hell out of each other like they punch yeah. the punches were real the knees were real everything was real if you want to do the work shoot you do that if you want to if you want to you know kind of parlay back into wrestling and just the wrestling of wrestling fire that said oh you do those steel chair things and you just drag him across <laughs> the ring but I, I, I want an actual fight if he's if 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 Roman Reigns is actually mad, he doesn't come in the ring like a wrestler. He comes in there looking for a fight, and maybe he gets his ass yeah. kicked that way because Brock Lesnar is a professional fighter. But it, at least it looks more genuinely real. Now, and and I know we'll get into this uh, next week, but are you what, what's your what's your hype level? Or what do you feel the level is for this match compared to the other the other top match on the show, which is the Ronda Rousey match? 
So I would probably say I'm still looking forward to Roman versus Brock. I think um, they're just, I'm looking forward to it. Roman Reigns has evolved so much in the last number of years. Uh, It's probably going to be Brock Lesnar's last match for a very long time. Um, I think once we get all that together, I think it's going to create a nice little, you know, nice little storm for something really, really good. Um, the Stephanie and Triple H versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. I'm looking for looking forward to that just from a pure entertainment standpoint. Like I think it's going to be a very a match with theatrics that we can yeah. all get into because that's that's essentially what you know. I mean, it hasn't essentially been with what you know Triple H has been doing over the last number of years, even though he had that Sting match, which it was all theatrics. Um, <laughs> but I think <laughs> one, this match. That's right. the most ridiculous. WWE has ever been in years. Like they're gonna talk about like loving yourself and masturbating over yourself. That Triple H. My wars are back, and I was just like, oh man, (laughs) oh man. There's like speaking of them, like they had a really. I thought the the build just the video build, not even the promo build for the for the Ronda and Triple H and uh, Kurt. No, let's say Ronda, like Ronda and Stephanie and Ronda Stephanie, Stephanie and Triple H versus Ronda and Kurt. Match. They had a they had the response to that this week with, with Stephanie and Triple H. Of course, they're training and everyone wanted that Stephanie training montage, and we got it this week, and it looked fucking awesome. Because she looks like a world class athlete, and I know that is not the case. Um, you know what? She has a great trainer. I'll say that. I'll say that she works very, very hard on what she does. And she looks very, very built. She looks strong. She looks sturdy. She looks solid. I'll say that. <laughs> but for her to be boxing and for me to believe that, like, this is, uh, to me, it still doesn't, they made Stephanie McMahon look like an Olympic fighter, which I know she isn't. And this is just the power of video packages. And it's, don't get me wrong, it's an amazing video package. I love it. I love the training. I love the intensity of it all. I love that they show that they work very hard. Is uh, they don't hide anything. But at the same time, it's like you're still going against Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey <laughs> will kill you, like legit kill you. Like, but I love, I love the, I fucking love Triple H during the segment. Like, what, why do you think this is happening? Because and Kurt is an idiot. <laughs> Angle's an idiot. <laughs> Oh my god, that was that was that was the perfect moment. That was the literal perfect and they show the history. I mean, he talks about like, yo, for the past 20 years I've been being this idiot up. Like <laughs> because he can't keep his mouth shut. And it's just, you know what? We've come a long way from Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon chasing a chicken. Um I'll yeah. say that. I'll say that. And this was this was a I very good promo. <laughs> We've come such a long way, so you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm based off of these promos. I'm looking forward to it. WWE's video department is undefeated. I mean, undefeated, undefeated. They, they, they made you know a lot of us weren't looking forward to Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker a few years ago at WrestleMania, but to me, that is one of the best video promos of all time. Like literally all time, and they they've got a couple, but to me that one was perfect. And this one is just you know it's another one. It's literally another one. It's they're undefeated. It's amazing. I love it. And uh, this of course leads into Ronda coming out later that night for uh, for a promo that was a little rough around the edges. I, I, I won't I won't mince words here, uh, but she did have some some nice lines that I thought she delivered badly. And yes, those lines were like she's 
you know, she's talking about uh, Stephanie McMahon is she's personal trainer tough. She's mm-hmm. water room tough. Shit like that. Those are good lines. Like, don't get me wrong. That's a good fucking line. She delivered it so deadpan. And it's like, I think the main problem with her is that she, she, she's been, she's been delivering these lines. Like she doesn't believe them. And that's the hardest thing. That's the hardest hurdle she has to overcome is that doing these scripted promos, you have to kind of deliver them like you would say it. And I know that's not always the easiest thing to do. You know what I think it is? I also think that she is still, and not that she necessarily has to fight it, but I think she's delivering this from the standpoint of, I need to get these people to like me. Um, as opposed to just delivering a natural promo and people liking you just off of who you are. Um, to me, I, I don't, I feel like possibly if she if she's a heel in the situation, I think the promos are a little bit better and it's received a lot better. But it's still pretty awkward in just its delivery. I agree with you; the lines are great, but it's just really the delivery. And you know, when she comes out and it's a one on three situation, and she. Well, so you got to talk two. about absolution coming out. You got to talk about this absolution that comes out and basically challenges her or or. or offers her to be an absolution. Rhonda's like, uh, no thanks. Fuck off. Uh, really feel bad for Paige here. Cause that would have been a huge, I think that would have been a huge match between Paige and Ronda Rousey in, in any, any given pay-per-view, any given big show. I'm, but, hoping, uh, she, I'm hoping it still is one day. Yeah, me too. I, I, I am as well, but you, you finally see, uh, you finally see Ronda getting into some action, some physical action on, on, the main show here. Uh, what did you feel about the arm bar? The best part was the arm bar. Yeah. Literally the best part was the arm bar and Mandy Rose screaming for her life. Ironically didn't do it to Sonya Deville, but I I guess they're going to have to repackage her in some way pretty soon because of that. No, because they don't want to expose her, man. They don't want to expose her. They don't want to expose that, you know, not, not at least not right now. Yikes. I like the (laughs) moment. I like that's the moment. Say. Yeah, I like the moment of Kurt Angle having to calm her down. I think that's a great moment. I think that's a great like she literally turns it on and then she she sees red and it it's she could at some point really hurt somebody. I think that's a really, really nice touch. And and I love that the the idea that they're setting the seed in, in, into motion where it's like maybe during WrestleMania, Kurt doesn't say no. Maybe he says keep doing it. And she right. actually, cause you know, Steph has that, she always has that post mania write off. And yeah. I think maybe this is, is her, her arm getting broken. Oh yeah. It could, it could definitely be it, man. That's crazy. She always has that post mania vacation where it's like, she's just not on TV and we have no authority figures. And those are always weird because they did that. Uh, they did that last year, but Kurt came back, right? Kurt mm-hmm. came back next night but they always have the the uh that that break after mania where she gets she has a table bump or she gets slapped or speared but wasn't it wasn't one year she got speared the the year with a roman and uh yeah she, she got, got speared last year she got speared i actually watched that a few days ago um last year she got you know knocked off the, the table apron, through a table uh yeah. so you know she's not afraid i mean she she's been at you talk about WrestleMania 18 versus Chris Jericho. She was pedigreed at some point. Um, she's not afraid to take an ass open at WrestleMania. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and what better way to put Ronda over? And I know I know a lot of people are upset about Ronda facing Steph as her first match. Mm-hmm. But what better way to put her over than to to have her injure the authority figure on the show, the evil authority figure on the show, and immediately catapult her up to okay, I you know, 
automatically babyface there. So I think that it's it's a natural it's a natural position to put her in, and a little bit more excited, you know, rough edges notwithstanding. I'm a little bit smashed than than I probably was when it when it was first put out, and I'm really hoping that she does well. Now, have you seen uh, Ronda's press run with ESPN this week? How did you feel about that? No, I actually haven't seen it. So if you just let me know what went on. I know there was some bizarre stuff that went down. Uh, Very bizarre. Uh, she went on 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 uh, first take, and she went on a couple of other shows on ESPN uh, just to talk about WrestleMania. You know, the the PR stuff is and has started very early this year. Yeah. With that because of just because of the the, the sheer. You know, they're trying to get this TV deal. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Like they're trying to get this new TV deal, and they, they right. want to make sure that it's a big deal. But they're bringing up the UFC stuff, and Ronda. I don't think, and I don't agree with the way she handles it. I think she immediately gets either defensive, deflective, or she just completely freezes up when you have to talk about those two losses that she had in UFC. Uh And she, there was one segment where they were like, you know, the guy was like, if you go back in time, would you, would you have chosen WWE if you had won those matches? And she said, I can't go back in time. And then he's like, no, 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 no. What I'm I'm saying is, you know, and it's, it's like something like that where it's like, she misread the question because her it's it's still in her head. Yeah, and this is someone. This is someone who said like she felt like killing herself after she lost. And, and I still think, yeah, I still think the losses definitely affect her. And I think even the perception that it feels like she's running away to the WWE because she couldn't hang anymore in the UFC is probably yeah. affecting her. And I think that's probably affecting her psyche. To me, well, I mean, I think she has to get to the point where she's comfortable with it because you know these losses happened a number of years ago. It has to be at least two years ago by now. And I think just in general, you, I think, you know, going on a press run, you you have to anticipate these sort of questions that are come by and then necessarily how you're going to handle it. And I don't know if she's fully actually healed from those losses. I don't know if she's fully, it, you know, set, settled from what happened. Right. And I, and it takes a while. Like I, I can't even imagine to know what that feels like as someone who has always been about winning and been to the Olympics and has, has felt that before. But I, I think that, as far as it affecting like her stature in the WWE, like there's a reason she's in front of these cameras is, and that's because she's been able to handle that. There's a reason she's on Ellen. Honestly, I think that her, her, her stint on Ellen was way more detrimental than her stuff on ESPN because she was basically allowing Ellen to say that it's fake. So she's, she's basically like, Ellen's like, is it real? Are you going to get hurt? And she's like, it's kind of like MMA everyone's in a tournament and they're all, but we're all women and we're in a tournament and we all want to, we all want to fight and see who's the best. Right. And I was like, you, you're, they didn't really send her out with the talking points to make this and sell this to the daytime TV crowd. that might want to watch her, you know, watch her against Stephanie McMahon. And I feel like with ESPN, there's an understanding of that. They stayed away from that and they focused on one thing, but I think she's not ready for the, the, the obvious mainstream, you know, soccer mom crowd that might not know what this is, but are familiar with her. I right. think that's way more, mental to anything that you know than what she did on ESPN and but again like we said it's a work in progress Rhonda she's going to be the face of this division or at least one of the faces of this division and she's bringing eyes for the WWE who are trying to revamp this and I, I think that she's she's done a pretty good job so far I agree you know you know what um I can't be mad for everything that she's done this far it's it, it could have been worse I think she's at this point where she's still feeling a lot of things out just in terms of her placement 
hell in life, her placement in WWE, her new job, becoming accustomed to that, willing to commit herself to whatever it is going forward. I think it's a major life change that she's going through right now. And there's some major adjustments that have to come with it. And I think with time, maybe even it might even take a full year, um, you know, from now for her to fully get in the swing of things. Um, But until then, you know, we have WrestleMania to look forward to. The biggest match, her debut match, the biggest match. um, So it should be amazing. I hope so. Uh, speaking of the women, I, I think this is a very, very uh, women-heavy show this week. Uh, Sasha and Bailey, they finally have their physical altercation. I can't say that whether there's a heel or face turn for either of them here. I don't think there is. I thought it was a really good segment between those two um, with, with Sasha really coming at her like, like kind of like the concerned friend and Bailey like dunking on her ass like three or four times. And, like, let me, let's be clear. I've never been a fan of Bailey on the mic. She's right. been killed the past couple of weeks. I think that's just because she's not the idiot in this situation. Right. Um, she's playing more of the, she's more of the aggressor. It's Sasha Banks who's the one coming with questions and wondering what's going on to their friendship, and it's Bailey who's sort of like the jaded character, who uh, who's sort of blaming Sasha, and it's just kind of it's very, it's like. It's like one layer more than what WWE usually does when it comes to the women. It's like it's 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 not as clear cut. It's not clear cut as dry. And I also think it's very relatable. I think you experience. It's not like it's not like the these bitches crazy story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's definitely one that like runs deeper. And I you know I I put up a gif on Monday night like of like Sean Matthew, Sean, Sean Hunter and Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World fighting in front of the lockers. And that's literally what it looked like. At some point, I think the lockers bit was kind of very cheesy because I'm like, where are these lockers coming from? Are these prop lockers? <laughs> why are they fighting in front of like, why are they fighting in front of lockers? But you said, you know what? I'm glad they finally came to blows. Um, I'm glad it wasn't. I think it's, it was good from a WWE standpoint just because it wasn't just a standard Oh, I'm in the ring. Let's talk about it. Oh, there's a heel turn. Like it's, right. it's very complicated, but like most friendships are. Most friendships and growing up and growing apart. I think that's what they're sort of realizing. Growing apart when they both have the same sort of goal, yet they're at some point they're two parallel. You know, there's there are two people who are going to eventually intersect. Yeah, and there can only be one. And this is the point where they're going to it. I think it's amazing. Um, I love the segment. Really great beatdown from from Sasha. She was beating the shit out of her. Uh, this is still leading to them being in the Battle Royal on, at WrestleMania. How do you do you feel that this kind of cheapens it? Or because I feel like they could be in the Battle Royal. That doesn't mean that a, a singles match is out of the out of the ordinary or can't happen or can't still be good. I think that you know having them wanting to to be the better of, of, of the two in the actual battle royal is a good storyline and a match that has literally no storyline whatsoever i'm just <laughs> worried about the placement but I, I i mean i don't mind it i think that the bigger story is coming later and i mean that 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 man that battle royal has to have some big names in it the, the way i, I look at it i agree i mean i think it's a i think it's one and the same um I think the battle royal needs one thing. The battle royal needs big names, and I think that takes priority over the singles match that they're going to have. While the singles match would be great, 
on a match that's at least 14, you know, at least 14 matches, you, you can't assure that this storyline of this sort of magnitude, two of the women responsible for like two of the greatest matches in WWE history will have this sort of same impact. I'm kind of glad they're sort of, this. to me, this is very much so the prelude. The, and I think you can still add the drama and the intrigue of it all within this match. Um, right. And I, yeah, I think it's very, very possible. I'm not totally mad there. This match is not on the card because I don't think it would get the time it deserves. Um, so I, I'm, I'm still holding out. I'm still holding out hope for July. They just announced Extreme Rules in July. I'm holding out hope that we're going to get the last woman standing part two between those two and that. And I, I really think that could happen. I would think that was amazing. Uh, so let's let's we're, we're getting to the point of WrestleMania build season where we're, we're getting into like a malaise where it's like, OK, let's just get on with it. So like a lot of the stuff that happened on Raw was, was completely like filler. Yeah, it wasn't story building. No, nothing went either way. So I, I just want to. What What are your thoughts on the on the Raw side of the card? I like. I think as far as big matches, I I still feel as though SmackDown's got the better matches, bigger matches at least, as far as just the number of matches that actually have a a, a prolonged storyline because they've had to build these stories for that long. Right. Um, I think Finn, the, the the Finn Seth Miz three way will be pretty dope. I think that Nia and, and Alexa should not go over two minutes. Um, and I and I mean, there is at least a little bit of intrigue within the Braun Strowman and the bar match with, with just finding out who his tag team partner will be. Mm-hmm. But I, I really feel like a lot of the the raw side of it is is really predicated on the the two big matches that they have instead of SmackDowns like three or four that I, I think that they have. You know, I think it's kind of. Um in terms of what happened on Raw, this is definitely a filler show for me. And I'll say it, I didn't really like the show. I didn't pay much of attention to the show just because how much went on. I mean, when you have a main event match between John Cena and Kane, there's not much from there on that will keep me interested because you're building up to that. Um, possibly one of the most intriguing moments of this show, once again, to me, is this John Cena kind of breakdown. Uh, yes. From like being such a composed um collected superstar who knows like listen i'm good and to get where you gotta go you gotta get through me and i'm the he's not sort of he's not overly confident he's not i say that he's not arrogant but he's definitely confident in his abilities and just just see the breakdown of this like 41 year old man who's just like screaming at the top oh, of the tiger it's the, first of all it's the most overacting i'm, I'm he, telling you man he's hamming it up he is literally looking at this program and laughing at it and saying whatever he's he's looking at the script they give him and he was like i could do this way better watch me like he's <laughs> i feel like he's flipping through the pages and he's like i'm just gonna scream undertaker here or they might not even be giving him a script i'm doubt he's getting a script at this point but it's just so much I don't know, man. John Cena's in so much, like, the very, like, at one point, like, in the ring, he's at a very, like, shrug point of his career where it's like, let's see what works. Let's see what works. I don't know. Um, Giving him him 15 minutes with Kane, and granted, the match wasn't that bad. Obviously, it wasn't on, like, the main bullet points of our our show today, but, like, that's how, like, whatever it was, he he does end up being Kane in about 15 minutes in a plunderous, no-deep house show match. In a house show match. (laughs) 
Right, right. And I, I wasn't mad at it. Uh, I, I didn't think that it was it was a bad match. I thought it was fine because of all the plunder. But like in in the end, it's it's like let's just get to the to the program. And and as we are, we already know it's happening. It's probably going to get announced next week. But I, I think it was intriguing because of how how like I'm intrigued as to what happens after this match is over. Yeah, more than anything. Yeah, because what is it for? Like like again, I've been asking this right. question: Why are they having this match at all? What happens at the end of it? What happens the next night? Do both of those guys just go back to doing whatever they want to do or whatever they were doing before, whatever that is? Like, what happens? Like, this is a marquee match, but what does it really, really do? Yeah, I have no no clue, but I did love The Undertaker screaming. I've been screaming it all week. And I love the, uh, how he, like he, he would in the match, he took the, the different things from the undertaker. He does the choke slam. He did the eyes rolling back. He did the throat slash. He did the rise up, uh, kip up move, stuff like that. And those little touches matter, but I feel like if, if there's no dork, like, and to me, it makes him look like a dork because one year from now, I'm going to be like, what the hell is going on? I'm going to be looking back at this thing. And it was like, what was he on? Um, instead of it. I don't know. I, I, I can't get into it like I can with these other matches because I just don't know what the stakes are here. Like, even with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, we knew, you know, we knew what was going on. We knew why this match was happening. With this, it's like, whatever. It's just, we're just going to throw this match because Cena needs to be on the card. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, not in love with it, but that was raw. Let's get into SmackDown, which I thought was actually a pretty good show that was filled with wrestling uh, and, and, a, and a lot of different things happening on the show. Um, we already touched on Daniel Bryan announcing the, the WrestleMania match and a really fired up and, and strong promo. I think he's 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 ready, man. He he is ready to get back in that ring, yo. You can he tell. is ready. He is possibly has the best promo in the company right now. I mean, the man literally it spurs um, feelings within people when he speaks, and it's genuine feelings, and it isn't hammed up like John Cena does. It comes from a very real place. I think yeah. he has one of the best promos in the company right now. I think Daniel Bryan, I think a lot of people are just looking, people want Daniel Bryan back. They've already printed the t-shirts. They're like, alright, we gotta sell these. We gotta make sure you know, I'm pretty sure they were with the t-shirt guys like three hours after it was announced. He was cleared, and it was like, we gotta get at least four different designs for this shit. Um, I'm, I'm ready for New Orleans, man. I'm ready to see Daniel Bryan back in the ring. I'm ready for whatever happens next week, too. Shit. That pop is going to be tremendous. Even him announcing the tag match, it blew the roof off that way. He got the Hogan 2002-2003 pop. And what I mean by that is if you watch Hogan 2002-2003, more preferably on SmackDown, every time he would show up to SmackDown, it's like five minutes of them just cheering him. And I know they had to edit it out because it probably went longer. But it's just yeah. an insane appreciation for a guy. And I was just like, it was crazy. I definitely love that. Uh, another uh, match that got announced on the show, there were a lot of matches that got announced for WrestleMania on SmackDown or matches that got things added to them. Let, let is, uh, that is the Usos finally getting the WrestleMania match. And I do think this will be on the main card. It will be, as we thought, the triple threat match between the Usos and New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, it's rumored that mm-hmm. it is going to be a TLC match, uh, and, and we'll wait to see more confirmation on that. But I think you got to have a ladder match in the show, and I, and I think if you're going to do that, you, you got to make it between these guys. I think it's amazing. I think it's great that the Usos are finally getting after, like, damn near a decade, finally getting their WrestleMania match, and it's a good match, too. I think all shit 
seven guys <laughs> potentially in that match are going to deliver. So I think it's a, I think it's a great program thus far. Um, you also saw the the inclusion of Rusev. Rusev is finally getting his WrestleMania moment um, in this storyline that no one really cared about until maybe now. <laughs> that you no care about had, it more. You care no, about it more now that Rusev is in it. Yes. I'll say that, yes, okay. because I sat through literally their, this tag match between um, Rusev and Rusev, Jinder Mahal versus Bobby Roode and Randy Orton. lasted the first three full segments on SmackDown. Long and match. Was, Very long was, match. It was over half an hour, and I was just like, what is going on here? But they managed. Listen, Rusev was in the match. I want to see Rusev win. The people want to see Rusev win. He kind he's kind of eclipses the fact that anybody else is taken seriously in this match. Maybe not Randy Orton, but you know I think people want to see Rusev win. And I, I think they're positioning Rusev to be the face coming out of this, just the way he announced it, and 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 where he should go after the actual match is over at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to get a huge pop, and I think Rusev Mania is going to be absolutely insane uh, during the show. But I mean, I still can't find myself caring. I don't think Rusev's going to win, so to speak. But Probably. I do think this will be this will work wonders for him as far as uh, as far as where he comes at after WrestleMania. And I'm glad they didn't just they didn't just shoehorn him into the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So yeah, uh, what, what else happened on the, on this show? We also got. Listen, Yo, this Becky, is my quick quick note. Becky Lynch beat the shit out of all Ruby all three of oh, by herself. By herself. By her squad. No no squad, no run-ins, nothing. Literally just outsmarted three people at once. Whatever. Um there was Tyler Breeze versus Dolph Ziggler. Well we're we'll get into Dolph Ziggler. I want to get into I want to get into my my man. My motherfucking dude, Nakamura, talking that shit. Talking that smooth English. <laughs> bruh, you can tell. It, and this, is, this, is, this used to be a joke. It's not even a joke no more. Mm-hmm. You can tell when Nakamura gives a fuck about something. Yeah. He, th- this is the most engaged I've seen him in the past two years he's been here. It's been two years that he's been here. He was fucking on all night tonight. You can... I feel, you know what? It's so weird because uh, I don't know. I don't feel like he's been, yeah, it's, 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 I guess I agree. He, ha- he hasn't been on the entire time. I forgot the point that I was trying to make as well. But he's been, listen, he had a good night, man. This, it, everything he contributed was amazing. Everything. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Breaking fucking news. Breaking news. And this is good for you, Mills. The Miz has had his child. She was just born. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The tweet says, of course, our little girl arrived early. Welcome to the world. Monroe, Sky, Mizanin, 327. Oh, she she was born yesterday. 327, 18, 1140 p.m. Congratulations to the Miz. Congratulations to the Miz. We wondered if, remember, we wondered if that was going to, because it was supposed to happen around, uh, around the, the time of, of WrestleMania next weekend. We were wondering mm-hmm. if that was going to affect anything. And 
I mean, not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it is great for him that, that, you know, he had his first child. But it's looking to me that that won't be a problem anymore. You know, they are so Hollywood for this picture. <laughs> they are so Hollywood for this. But you know what? Congratulations to them is my man. I know that promo is going to be very scorching fire on Monday. Whatever oh, it is, it's going to be scorching on Monday. Oh, fire. Fire promo. Where is that, where is that going? Oh, with Nakamura. Um, so we've been kind of complaining about this build and wondering where it's going. And we're, we're starting to see where they're positioning Nakamura in terms of AJ, uh, this week, he's getting into AJ's head and, and by getting into AJ's head, he's basically calling, he's basically saying that AJ can't beat him. And we, we see why, because he is too emotional. <laughs> Imagine. And a great line. There's a great line. But Imagine. when he popped out and he was like, yo, AJ. He walked like he was like a nigga. He walked out like, yo, AJ, I'm worried about you, bro. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Where did this come from? (laughs) Yo, imagine a guy who probably up to like four months ago wasn't on the card. And for me, four four months ago, four weeks ago, wasn't on the card. Some guy, this guy who, you know, his best moment in WWE has been like, his interest yeah and he hasn't he hasn't spoken in this clear concise way imagine this guy coming up to you and saying bro i'm worried about you <laughs> like you look you look crazy right now i'd be like i would be i would feel the same way aj styles does too shit and it, it was so great I, I just thought he just did all the little things correct on the mic and if that's going to be where they take him then they should be giving him lines like that more often like his english was was really great and i hate to like be harping on someone's english but it's like it, it was you could tell there was a noticeable difference from maybe where this promo started or even his promo where he showed up and, and talked to Sami Zayn on nxt like that was still like yeah you know, even, even know. when he, even the post wrestlemania one i thought was a very it was so post Royal Rumble, sorry, post-Royal Rumble. I thought it was just so awkwardly paced, but this yeah. one was very smooth and it, it, it featured like realistic things. He, he just yeah. looked in his element. He looked in his element. He's ready for WrestleMania. He is 100%. And, and, it, and again, like this feud and this match doesn't need a build, but it does need a little bit of a push. And we got it this week. We, we had a really solid, and, and again, Nakamura has been having a really solid month. He had a really solid match with uh, Shelton Benjamin and they're familiar with each other. So it actually ended up being really paced very well. And in the end, uh, AJ comes out and they have a really nice promo segment that gets to the, the, the two emotional line and Nakamura walks out, uh, Gable and Benjamin attack AJ Nakamura runs in, attacks them both, beats them both up. He runs to AJ as if he's going to give him the Kinshasa pauses and gives him the biggest shit eating grin, pats him on the head and walks away. Tremendous moment. Amazing. This I is really, what, this is the Nakamura we've all wanted. We've been we, we, we're all talking about. Yes, this is you're, you're, we're finally. I'm hoping that we finally see what what you know what we've been talking about, and you know all eyes are, are on WrestleMania, and I really I'm really hoping that this is a coronation for Nakamura. I still have it. I'm I'm still holding out that this match will close WrestleMania. I really think it will. It would be amazing if it did, man. I would love it. I would love it at this point. This is going very very well. Cue up Limp Biscuit my way. This is going fucking amazing. <laughs> uh. Let's get into Dolph Ziggler, who and there was this tweet that came out a couple of a couple of hours ago, and I thought it was funny when I was writing up the uh, the, the format for the show today. 
It's a, it's a picture of Braun, of, of, of Dolph Ziggler holding the U.S. title during that episode where he dropped it. Mm-hmm. Him staring at the motherfucking Andre the Giant Battle Royal Memorial statue uh, from last night. And it was like, so basically Dolph Ziggler is, is the dumbest wrestler of all time. Yes. And I, I have to agree. I, I think that as a storyline, as everything, this is the dumbest storyline that they've probably ever done. I think it's the least thought through. I think maybe they at some point plan to invest something in Dolph Ziggler and then decided not to because there's at least 10 people on the card who I find more entertaining and dynamic than he is. Um, <laughs> but I think he's, it, it looks so stupid. You draft the title, you leave, you come back to the Royal Rumble, you don't win the Royal Rumble, and then you do nothing, and now you're in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on the pre-show at WrestleMania. Like and you're making it seem like it's a big fucking deal. Like, it, like this is you won the fucking world title. What is wrong with you? He is a fucking idiot, man. He is, and he is a grade A idiot. I do not know why he signed on again. I think the natural progression of him is to money. Right. Got to be money. Got to be money. You see all the three mil. I, I think the uh, the natural progression of him is to go against Daniel Bryan after Mania. And have that be a small program for Brian uh, leading to the summertime, which I mean, I, I, I'm all in on Daniel Brian being in the money in the bank and going after all the opportunities that, you know, are possible for him. Because I, I really think that Nakamura, if they keep Nakamura on SmackDown, Nakamura and Brian is just a natural SummerSlam program to me. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and, I, and I think you save Brian and Miz for next WrestleMania because I think that's a storyline that's been building literally for for years and you don't give that away just off of nothing you give that away at the biggest show of the year and and i think that at that point that's the biggest match for brian to me right now is miz that's funny funny as you you know funny as as it may seem i think that's the biggest match for him i think that's the match everyone wants to see because this is a storyline that's almost i'm almost like eight nine years old yeah it's it's one of the longest running ones trust me this could go for a while i don't even think this could last for just one WrestleMania. This could go on forever, but you know, it's a, it, we'll see how it goes from there. Um, but yeah, Ziggler I, is an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Ziggler is, is completely an idiot. I, you know, just <sighs> fuck him. Okay. Fuck him. Yeah. I, I, I wish he didn't, I wish he didn't fucking resign. I don't yeah. care, bro. Yeah. I, I agree. I, you know, I agree. I so. hate him as a kid. I hate him as a character, bro. I just really don't like him as a character. Uh, but that was SmackDown for the week. Really, really solid show. I thought it was better than Raw this week, and that's that's rare that that, that, that ever happens. But uh, did you watch 205 Live? Because, no. I mean, how the fuck did that become the best, the best show on TV? I was watching Golden Lovers versus the Bucks, man. You know, I can't watch two. I don't even know why I watched the Mixed Match Challenge. But... Um, <laughs> I was watching. I was watching Golden Lovers versus the Bucks, so I did not see Two or Five Live, but I heard there was a very riveting promo between Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali, one that they call oh, the Heart versus the Soul. Yes, and they're going to beat that into your beat that into your brain. Uh, even <clears throat> even before that, uh, Mark Andrews and Tony Nese, awesome match. They're finally letting the like Tony Nese take the the handcuffs off and, and go back into what he was in the, in, during the Cruiserweight Classic. And Mark Andrews, I think he deserves to be a staple on the show because he's one of the most exciting performers on, on the show uh, mm-hmm. thus far. As far as people they brought in, great. They had a great match. And then you had, uh, you had Alexander, uh, Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali during a sit-down interview segment. Dude, I think that 
for a show that no one cared about, no one saw anything in, was on life support literally three months ago. Seeing these two guys who who have run their they they've been through the ringer on the show, and I think that's the bigger story is that Cedric Alexander is Enzo Amore, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that ringer was <laughs> that ringer was Enzo Amore, and Mustafa Ali, who was someone who was kind of on the outside of this of this picture, mm-hmm. to, for them to actually culminate and and really like have their moment at WrestleMania is a huge moment, and this this face the face was was dope because like. They ask him, you know, they ask Alexander, what are you willing to do to win? And he says he'll, he'll do anything, including stomping Ali's uh, heart out to do so. And Ali says he'll do what he what have to do. And this is a moment there. And I know we get on the acting and there's too much acting shit and there's too much scripted promo. This felt real and this felt like an actual competition and it felt like an actual like, you know, this, there, there were stakes here. And I implore anyone to go on YouTube right now and watch that uh, Alexander and Ali sit down interview and, t- and and tell me you don't want me wanting to see this match because I want to see it and I want to see it on the main show. I hope they air it on Raw. I think that would be, probably be the best thing for them is they air it on Raw and then have the two come out, have a little, you know, a fun little match and we, we head towards WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about that match. I, more, more so than any. I really did also love the main event, which was a four-way match that had, uh, it was kind of teased that they would be, the, they would be the, the number one contender if they won this match. It was Kalisto, TJP, Akira Tozawa, and Buddy Murphy. Fucking, now I'll tell you this, that is your homework before we watch, uh, we watch these, these matches this weekend. <laughs> um, watch, this four-way, watch this four-way match. It's, it's, only, it's literally only like 15 minutes. So good, man. I, I went four stars on it. It's really oh good. Oh, my God. All right. I'm definitely watching it. Listen, the Cruiserweights deliver a great multi-man match. They managed to keep the pace up the entire way through. Um, there's no one miscalling the moves or forgetting the people's names. So I think it's, you know what, I'll, I'll definitely be watching this either tonight Absolutely. or again. So good. So um, that, that, that was every show for this week, but... I think this is just the calm before the storm of next week. So just to let you guys in on the schedule or the way that the A show will be formatted next week. Um, other than seeing an undertaker, which I'm pretty sure we all know is going to be announced. We know the mania card at this point, me and meals are going to parlay the uh, actual, the, the regular format next week of reviewing all the shows and no holds barred and stuff like that. And we're going to do a deep dive into the WrestleMania card and the takeover card. I believe the first hour we're going to be rewatching Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 31. No, it was a, it was a 31. It's 30, uh, 32. No, it's 31. It's 31? I'm yeah, sure it's 31. You're right. It's, uh, we're going to be rewatching that match. And as we watch it, and you, you'll be able to watch it with us. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about the match, talking about what worked, and talking about really the history between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And you guys will be able to watch it with us. Uh, so if you have WWE Network or if you want to watch it, uh, with us we'll give you the time time code we'll give you a chance to get ready and watch it and we'll both watch it uh, we'll all watch it together as a family and we'll talk about Ro- uh, roman reigns and brock lesnar so 100%. that'll be do you, want to, do you want to talk about the brief feedback we got on raw and smackdown this week ah uh, yeah, yeah we'll wait to the feedback after this okay um and for the second hour we will be going over the massive wrestlemania weekend uh, all the festivities. I'll, I'll touch on some of the, the ROH stuff, like Kenny and Cody, and why that match is so important. Mm-hmm. We'll touch on 
over because that car will more than likely be finalized tonight on, on, on tonight's NXT. And we will also be talking about the huge, massive car for WrestleMania. We'll go into all the matches that we're excited about, all the matches that are important, and we'll give you our predictions on what will happen. So that is going to be a major, major, huge episode of the A-Show, probably our longest yet, uh, coming up next week. And I'm really excited about it. I, I can't wait. I agree. This is going to be amazing. I can't wait to run back. I'm going to do a little bit of research for the show next week. Uh, we we did ask for a couple, a couple of bits of, of feedback. A couple people hit me on the side. I don't know if I'll have the time right now to go through a lot of it, but I'll, I'll go with what I got on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, I, I'll shout out to Manny Dizla on Twitter, who's a, who's a big fan of the show. Uh, we, asked him, we asked everyone how they felt about Raw SmackDown Live this week. He said they were both fillers to get us to next week. Yes, they were. Yes, couldn't Absolutely. agree anymore. And, and, and next week it will be the same, and that's why we are not, we're not going to be reviewing next week. I'm thinking it's going to be a bunch of video packages, to be honest with you. Next week I expect, you know, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar playing grab bag over the championship like they did three years ago. <laughs> I, I, I'm completely with you. I don't think, and I think we, we're doing the right thing by completely parlaying it. I'll still be watching the shows, but I think the, the, the bigger, the bigger focus will be that we'll focus on these shows that everyone wants to see. And we'll be able to have a conversation about that. We should actually put up a poll of uh, either what's the most, what's the most anticipated match of the weekend or, or something like that. I think that'd be cool. And let's do it. Absolutely. So we'll have that poll up as well. And we'll be able to, uh, we'll, we'll, tell you guys what the outcome was for that uh shout out to nick galvin that kid galvin on twitter at that kid galvin he said raw was solid i enjoyed it seeing a mocking taker was corny slash funny though smackdown was good uh daniel bryan makes you believe every word coming out of his mouth ready for mania uh absolutely i i agree that uh, daniel bryan as a as a face the the thing that differentiates him from all the other faces is that it doesn't sound like he's reading from a script, even if he is. It sounds true and it sounds believable and it sounds like it's coming from his heart. I agree. I agree. Danny Bryan has got the gift of gab right now. But but yeah, uh, shout out to everyone. I'm sorry I, I can't get to everything. I had I should have to go run do something really quick. I'm so sorry. Right. But for everyone who left who left feedback this week, I'm I'm sorry. But thank you for leaving feedback this week. I was only able to get this shit on Twitter. Some people are like texted and emailed me some shit, but I couldn't get to it right now. But we will get to every feedback and every piece of, of information and, and questions that you guys have next week on the A-Show. Uh, that was the show this week. I'm super excited about next week. What about you? I'm super excited. I'm ready to go over the WrestleMania card. I'm ready to dip, deep dive on Roman versus Brock Lesnar. I'm ready for everything that's coming. Listen, we got it's, Car- it's Cardi B weekend. It's WrestleMania weekend. It's all the weekend, man. It's, it's definitely Definitely Cardi B weekend, uh, and it's 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 RNC weekend every single weekend, and you can check out all of our shows on SoundCloud, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes. That is the A Show, that is RNC Radio, that is our playlist that are on Apple Music, and that is also RSPN. Uh, fully fully expect us to have a lot more content coming up, and it's, including with RSPN, they're just they're going crazy over there. I, I love that show. Uh, shout out, shout out to Jeff and Mark for doing that show. But uh, as always, we will see you guys next week on a huge, huge, huge episode of The A-Show. Please be here. We'll be coming out same time as as always. We'll be dropping it on Thursday just to kind of ease you into the WrestleMania weekend, get you through TakeOver, get you through the Supercard of Honor, and get you right into WrestleMania 34 from New Orleans. So until next time, guys, see you guys later. Happy Roost Day.